Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now, please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. Hello, I am Artie Ruderman, and we have a very interesting show today. We have two guests. Malika Givens, Digital Marketing Manager. You know, this show is based on a business leader sharing innovative concepts for business development. Malika is the Digital Marketing Manager and Marketing Communications at Landis & Gear, the world's leading energy management company. And we also have Emery Mulling from Mulling Corporation. You know, business development is any activity that generates value. And what could be as, as important as human resources. And Emery is the chairman of Mulling Corporation, a leading HR company. Our first guest is Malika. Malika, good morning. Good morning. Thank I'd you I'd like for to do me. a little bio f- intro for you, and you could elaborate. Um, uh, Malika is the digital marketing manager, marketing communications for Landis and Gear. She um, strategizes and executes all aspects of digital marketing, which include website management, social media, SEO, SEM branding, the email. I mean, you take care of all external communications yes. and internal, by the way? Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought so. Mm-hmm. And you have a double major in, in marketing and logistics. That's kind things, of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> What's the connection between marketing and logistics? My parents wanted me to make sure that I had a, a career. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's great. And I should have finished that. Logistics, transportation, and supply chain management. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And you graduated from University of Maryland Park. Yeah, go Terps. I went to American University, not too far away, so... There you go. Well, welcome. And uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, Landis & Gear is a smart meter and smart grid technology company focused on helping utilities manage their energy better. It is a 120-year-old company. That's yes. fascinating. You'll have to tell us a little bit about that. Matter of fact, if you can give us a very brief history uh, and kind of bring us up to date, and you might highlight some of the challenges that they had to get to where they are. They have 40% market share of the global energy management company and the products and services that they they offer. Definitely. Um, and again, thank you for having me. Um, so Landis and Gear, yes, we've been along, around for a very long time. Um, so smart meters, uh, Probably you haven't thought about the meter that's on your home or on other businesses, but that's the area we play in. So we provide smart meters and smart technology uh, to utilities and other sensors and communication devices uh, and software that help utilities gather data so they can deliver reliable and safe power. Um, So kind of the challenges the utility market has that we focus on or a lot of our solutions support are things like asset management, demand response, um, integrating solar, so that's DER integration, um, an aging workforce, so providing services to support them, and smart smart cities and utility IoT, so 
you can imagine if you could ask Alexa how, how much your utility bill is, um, that's kind of the integrations. I mean, we're having refrigerators that can talk to us now. So finding ways for utilities to interact with their uh, customers. Um, is what we do. Now, when I, when I think of energy management, um, of course, I think of my own utility and, and, and electric meter, but I, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, Landis and Gear works with businesses and industrial-sized um, management equipment as well. Well, so we play mostly in the distribution space. So, yes, your, mm-hmm. um, your actual provider. There's generation and transmission as part of energy delivery or the creation of energy, but we play in the kind of the from the substation to the home um, area. So besides providing the equipment, you also provide a service, which is the data. Yep, we provide um, yep the equipment, which would be meters or sensors, um, and then the data that goes back to that. So that at the utility, they can make smart decisions on um, making sure that. The assets at the substation are in good health, so there's no blackouts. Everybody wants to have their power on at all times, and so uh, we kind of enable them to um, know what's going on on their grid at all times. So does Landis Gear help with us uh, managing uh, the efficiency and cost, not just our consumers, but for businesses as well, and how do they do that? Absolutely. So, again, it goes to um, that um, information back uh, to the utility and other ways if, if you think about it the the utility grid uh, was only meant to work in one way from the utility to the consumer and now with uh, energy coming back onto the grid um, through things like solar or wind um, that people have at their homes uh, it's it's changed kind of the dynamic of the customer relationship with the utility. And also people want to save money, so utilities have to work with their consumers um, so that they know how they're consuming their energy, so they make smart decisions with using energy because it costs them money to get the energy as well. That That's interesting because many people are, are interested in uh, renewable energy. And matter of fact, I understand uh, there are rooftop um, yeah, right, yeah, solar panels. Um, so in what way does uh, Landis and Gear, and, and you know, I'm going to phrase this differently. It's besides the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart because Landis and Gear with their energy management actually could offer services that make uh, switching over to renewable energies or just becoming more efficient with the energy that you currently use. So in what way do they do that? Yeah, so we definitely focus on innovative ways for utilities to um, again, manage their energy better and have their customers manage energy better. So we kind of stay ahead of our pace with what's going on. So you have to imagine the utilities changing the way they do things or the rise oh. of smart cities. Sure. It's, a, it's a slow turning thing, but um, it's really they're making the investments now to make those changes. And again, a lot of it comes back to data that they're they're gathering of just energy usage not you know you, you just mentioned smart cities so if you can tell us a little bit more of that and how landis and gear is ahead of the curve on that yeah so with smart cities uh it, we think about communication technologies and um having or knowing what is happening kind of at the edge which would be at the house level a lot of times uh there's not visibility um really to 
a home level. It's very neighborhood based. Um, so understanding and helping a consumer know if you are washing your dishes and running the laundry and watching TV. Guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> you could make smarter energy decisions um, that one, impact your bill and two, help um, keep power kind of stable um, so there's not this extra generation that in, in what way do they do that how would I as a consumer interface with that yeah so you would definitely be interfacing directly with your utility but we're able to supply them with again that information um, that they can use to kind so of the utility them. has the information not the consumer the utility can give the information to okay the so you yeah. feed it to the utility and utility as a service feeds yes. it Back to consumer. Absolutely. Makes sense. Like, I know if, uh, if you use electricity after the sunlight hours, it, it costs less, for instance. That's an incentive to save energy and lower, lower yeah, cost. Definitely. Well, now that we understand what Landis and Gear is, let's go into digital marketing. Because, you know, this show is all about innovative concepts for business development. And you're a digital marketing. Yes. Uh, last uh, week or last show, we had on a digital content, digital voice specialist which is kind of an interesting concept that I hadn't thought before. Um, not just the uh, technology behind using voice and communicating uh, with your devices, um, but the, the use of it for uh, marketing personality. An example of that would be call one airline and you're told to select a seat in a very straight narrow voice you call up southwest airlines and it's hey guys yeah. choose your seat so um, you know people are beginning or businesses are beginning to understand they need to have a, a voice a personality to that voice yeah. so that's one way of being innovative with technology what what is it that you're looking at and what you're doing with landis and gear yeah and i i always say with when i came on to landis and gear about three years ago um it's, i say our digital marketing was in its infancy, and um, there, in ways it still is. And I think a lot of corporate America, um, there are ways that it, digital is always growing. So there's kind of this um, gap between what, uh, what were best practices even a year ago and what was available to what you could do now. So as far as innovation goes, there's... Um, in our business, that is smaller steps. Um, but, yeah, personalization, um, everybody kind of wants to be spoken to in their own way. Um, but finding a corporate voice or brand voice is something you do a lot with your writing as well, um, speaking to the voice part of that. But I'm trying to think of something super innovative, but... Uh, one of the next initiatives we have is to kind of get our leadership more involved in social media. So working with them um, to really um, evangelize digital marketing as far as the use of it uh, within our, our company and through corporate culture. So that, that, That's interesting because there, there is a, a segmentation between social media and, and business applications, yeah. right? Uh, and there, there seems to be a need for that junction. So, you know, having business leaders who are not particularly trained in social media, right. and for the most part, yeah. um, utilizing it, but being trained to utilize it in a way that promotes the company in a, in a good light. Absolutely. I mean, I think, at least for a lot of B2B companies, um, 
you look to consumer markets to make the the best choices um, or to see what they're doing, what those trends are, and then how to translate them into business uh, to business to business uh, development. So how do we take, you know, something that's seen as just being on a social or personal level and not um, move it to and how do we move it to being a business to business level? But I always say at the end of the day, your the person you're talking to is a person, even in B2B businesses. But the, the end person you're communicating with um, still is influenced by whatever they're seeing on the consumer side. Well, in the few minutes that we have left, let's drill down on how Landis Gear talks to their clients because the, myself being the consumer is really – out there. You're really yeah. dealing B2B, yes. right? So how do you communicate your digital message to your business partners? Yeah, our, our main goal is to kind of be wherever people are. So we want to be, if you're searching for something, if you um, are at an event, you see um, our content in front of you, um, kind of being just where the people are. Mm-hmm. Um, that is everyone has a screen with them at all times most of the time, yes, which would be true. their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, we do emailing. Our website is a big presence of that. So um, really focusing on kind of having a hub of where we can bring people to, but using social and other digital means to, to reach them. Well, fabulous. Thank you so much. You. Before we uh, uh, move over to Emery, please tell us how listeners can get a hold of Landis and Gear or you in particular. Yeah, you can uh, find Landis and Gear at LandisGear.com. That's L-A-N-D-I-S-G-Y-R.com. And you can find me on social media on Twitter at Malika Did It. That's M-A-L-I-K-A-D-I-D-I-T. Thank you so much. Thank you. Emery, welcome. Nice to be here. Don't you love that voice? (laughs) (laughs) Emery. You you always compliment my voice. You never compliment my face. (laughs) (laughs) It is good. You're you're the whole package. (laughs) You got it. Yep. And I tell people I'm from the Bronx. (laughs) And I buy it every time. (laughs) You don't don't believe me, do you, Archie? I do. Emory uh, Mulling is chairman and founder of the Mulling Corporation, and uh, Mulling Corporation is uh, 32 years? This, this month, the 15th, it will be 33 years. Congr- that, that is a milestone. Congratulations. I started it when I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Business Development Comedy Hour. <laughs> Uh, Emery is the founder, and uh, he provides uh, executive coaching, leadership, development uh, for outplacement, career transition, conflict resolution, uh, team integration, and team building. So Emery's company is more than just a placement company. It is a a strategy company that actually implements. So um, what what I like is it was named the best place to work for small businesses in Atlanta. It it was, and the 10 years before uh, that. Congratulations. That's really an accomplishment. And it's based on employee survey, but 12 years before that, we were in the top 10. Once you get number one, you don't try again. (laughs) You don't want to be number four. No, but that's (laughs) – in your particular industry, that says a lot that you know people and you know the importance of hiring good people. We try to walk the talk. I've only lost nine consultants in soon-to-be 33 years. That, that's 
that is a good record. Um, l- let me say to, to the listeners, when we talk about business development, business development is any activity that generates value. And having the right people on your staff is as m- important as I could imagine. So, Emery, tell us a little bit about your corporation that I might have left out. You, per- you said it pretty well. We, we do not do recruiting. We do conflict resolution between two individuals in the same company who do not like each other, but it's hurting the operation. We do executive coaching at all levels, but we do specialize in the top end, and we coach a lot of C-level people. And then we do career transition, which is outplacement, and we handle downsizings, the large downsizings and onesie twosies as well. And I understand you work with Fortune 500 companies, mid-sized companies, and small. We have worked with 60 of the Fortune 500 companies. Wow, that that is impressive. That is impressive. We we are impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Thirty-two years and that kind of record. That honestly, that 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 is. We have fun, and we're starting a new division. Tell us about that. It's going to be a home-based call center where HR professionals are giving. HR advice to small employers uh, defined as 750 employees or less. Large companies have HR staffs. Mm-hmm. Small companies cannot afford and they don't have the resources to have the number of HR people to keep up. HR is changing all the time. So we are going to be able to provide this at a very affordable rate uh, the the to answer the questions that companies have about their HR issues that that's very interesting I I owned a company a manufacturing facility with a hundred almost a hundred union workers and, and plus staff and uh, I fell right into that category you know Absolutely. issues would come up where I did not have an HR person on, on staff so where, where do I turn so I, when I, I worked for three fortune 500 companies and when I was with PepsiCo I was responsible for over 20,000 employees, and I had division regional HR people under me. But that is very different than having one, possibly one, an administrative person for 500 employees. You, you, you just can't. I couldn't keep up. Hmm. So you know, I'm just looking at some of the issues that you would face, like a typical uh, why, what's the number one reason for hiring the right professional? To achieve your company goals. What? I know it's often said, but a company is only as good as their employees. This is a very common belief, but many companies do not walk this talk. When recruiting an employee, you should spend quality time with that person to make them understand what is the future of your company, what they will be doing. And you need to also really make sure that you are explaining correctly the right qualifications that are needed for that job. Job qualifications change over time. So if you're giving them uh, what is in an old job description, you're not describing what is needed, and then the new employee doesn't work out, and it's going to be the employee's fault. Well, it really is not. When an employee doesn't work out uh, in the first 90 days or after two years, I'm a big believer that the boss should take responsibility when there is a bad hire. Well, you know, it's the same for, for myself um, and for my company. When people look at me, I make sure that what I'm being hired for, uh, let's put it this way, uh, uncommunicated expectations could be a problem. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, um, uh, Artie, I've known you a long time. I, I just don't know if I would hire you or not. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that on radio? Oh, I'm very sorry. Well, let's move on. You know, there is a shortage of, of uh, labor in most industries. So uh, what do you think future professionals are, are wanting that will encourage them to work for your company? So this is kind of interesting because now we're saying that employers need to reach out to employees as opposed to the employees needing to reach out to employers. It is critical in the sh- uh, shortage of labor supply out there, and it's in all industries. It's not just centered in one or two industries. First of all, a potential employer wants to take pride in who they work for. So you need to take a look at websites such as Glassdoor to see what your reputation is. People can put Mm. some erroneous as well as some really bad truth Mm -hmm. stuff up there. And the the employee needs to – excuse me, the employer needs to look at the job security they have to offer to an employee. You need to realistically talk about the future of the company, the trends out there in the industry, how long you've been around. If you are a a new company, a a startup, what is the potential for – uh, for security in the job. And I'm a big believer that you should allow the uh, candidate, the potential employee, to talk to the future peers and some subordinates in your company and just really make sure that they understand who and what they're going to be doing and just fully answer any questions you have because this will give a, a really good idea to the person you're interviewing if they really want to work for you. If you look rushed, if you're not telling the truth, if you're not answering their questions, they don't have to go to work for you today. They can go down the street and get another job. Interesting. Interesting. And I guess that's based on a good economy right now. That's, that's right. So uh, as much as the uh, company would check out your LinkedIn profile, uh, what you're suggesting is that – or what you're saying is happening is potential uh, prospects for becoming a, an employee are doing their own due diligence and talking to staff. Ab- absolutely. I have a, a friend who is in charge of talent acquisition for North America for a very large Atlanta headquartered company. He has five people on staff that search out social media before mm. they interview someone. Makes sense. In, the um, potential employer is also Googling you as a company. A company is the, has the same reputation as an individual does. It can mm-hmm. be either good or bad. Know what your reputation is out there as a company. And w- when we're recruiting someone, we tell them this is an opportunity to work for one of the number one or the number one best place to work in Atlanta. We had that designation one year, and it really sends a message. I'm very yeah. That is the proudest I've ever been when we were presented that award. Well, again, being an HR company, as you said, you walk the talk. We try to. Mm-hmm. That, that's important. So I, I, we, we discussed this earlier about re-recruiting your employees Explain why that would be an an issue for companies. You know, I used to write a nationally syndicated column. I've had radio shows, and I've done radio shows on re-recruiting your employees. And a lot of companies don't think of this. It amazes me how much time, money, and effort is spent 
on, say, like I'm trying to recruit you to come to work for Mulling but Corporation. But you wouldn't hire me. Oh, well, I, 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 that was fictitious. <laughs> I, I, I just know too much about it. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's move on. But rarely does a company spend time and effort in re-recruiting their current employees who are going to ensure that they're going to be successful in the, pu- uh, in the future. I define re-recruiting an employee as listening to their career goals, making sure that you're trying to meet them if you can, and don't cut them down. Don't talk down to them. Good employees want to continually improve and appreciate honest feedback, particularly millennials. If a millennial, uh, a, a really high quality, someone, a millennial who someone you would want to have on, on your staff wants to continually learn. And the, the really the, the area that is most often overlooked is training your frontline supervisors how to take care of their employees and re-recruit them. Your frontline supervisor, whether it's the uh, department head, the region manager, the sales manager, whatever. They have more contact with that employee than anyone else during the day, the week, or the year. And the number one reason people leave a company is the lack of relationship between the boss and the employee. I give a lot of speeches, and I ask the audience to raise their hand. Think of the worst job you've ever had. Is it the type of work? Work environment or corporate culture or boss, 65% of the time, almost to on the, the exact percentage, raise their hand and say it's the boss. The boss has an effect on the work environment. 95% of the time, it is the boss or the work environment. So train your supervisors to know how to re-recruit their employees. Well, what would be examples of that? In other words, to encourage your top quality professionals to work for your company, but how, what would those be? Give us examples. Well, in an interview, the most common mistake is the interviewer talks too much. They will talk 80 or 90% of the time. The interviewer. They, yeah, the interviewer. And the secret here is, and I'm saying this on, on a public communication <laughs> platform, the higher you go in the organization, the worst interviewers there are. You know, the CEO has been used to being listened to by everybody in the company, and they talk 90%. And, oh, by the way, now, who are you that I'm, that I'm interviewing? So that's, that's very, very important. And communicate realistically your chances are in, of advancement. If I'm recruiting you, which I wouldn't, <laughs> And I, that does conclude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I listen, I've, I've, I've been thinking about hiring a really top-notch person at Mulling Corporation and Mulling HR so we, we can talk off air. And I'll ask you if you know anybody. He, he bought two more minutes, folks. <laughs> and, and speaking about two more minutes, that's just about what we have. And I do want to have a little panel where Malika could, could join us. But uh, one thing I, I do want to get across, and, and this relates to your company, but it's really relating to all the businesses that are out there, and that is the cost of turnover. So if you can just discuss that, and then we'll open it up to a, a few minutes of panel. <laughs> 
a lot of statistics have been written on this. The cost of turnover is as much as three times the annual total compensation. If you have a 50000 a year employee, it costs 150000 The recruiting time, the downtime after the employee has left the company, the ramp-up time, training time, it take, the mistakes that the new employee is going to make in the first 6 to 12 months, the employee uh, turnover of, of, of staff, and, you know, that creates some havoc. Uh, the time other employees spend with a new employee to train them, I'm, I can go on and on. People underestimate how much it costs to lose and have turnover of an employee. That is the reason I'm circling back. Re-recruit your current employees. And hire good people. The best you can find. And use a firm like Mulling Corporation to help you find those people. That is the best suggestion you've made. <laughs> I'm hired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever I said about you, already, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. Uh, in, in closing, with your section, can you uh, talk about how people could get a hold of you? Anyway? It's real simple. Go to mulling.com, M-U-L-L-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. It does have a G. Mulling.com, or they can email me at emrymulling, one word, emrymulling at mulling.com. Excellent. Malika, you heard that part of the conversation, and you heard our conversation, Emery, with Malika. So is there any information or questions that you have for each other? I'd like to ask you, what keeps you up at night in your company? What is the biggest challenge you have of having good employees? Well, you you know I am a serial networker. You are? Yes, I am, truthfully. Um, And for me, uh, prospecting is so important. Um, you know, just that constant churning and me- meeting people and, and turning over. But here's the important thing about that, and, and it's not just necessarily about me. Uh, for instance, I met someone this morning um, at a meeting, as a matter of fact, a new group that i just uh, um, trying to apply to um, called CEO NetWeavers. And the gentleman was in, uh, in the CFO staff, but... His particular uh, avenue of interest was when a company goes public, many companies don't have the expertise. They do not. Right. So what he's offering is that expertise to manage or to tutor, to counsel. So my point is I immediately connected another group I belong to called Kettering, that there's someone there that's in governance. In other words, compliance with public companies is very difficult. You just don't walk into that. This man does that. So my immediate concern wasn't to sell myself to the individual I was talking about. My goal was to connect the two together. And I really believe in that pay it forward philosophy. Artie, you are very, very good at that, paying it forward. I've seen you network rooms, and I'm just trying to to be as good as you. You know, I'm going to hire you after all. (laughs) We'll talk compensation later. Oh, we don't pay much. Wait, now, you don't don't understand the job I'm talking about. (laughs) Malika, would you like to add anything before we close? Well, the um, re-recruiting, as a millennial, I just wanted to confirm that Yes, we love to keep learning. Um, I, I love learning new stuff all the time in kind of even other areas uh, related to, not just related to my business or my in my role. 
So. I, I, I bet. And, you know, you, you talk about, you know, keeping you up at night. Innovation, it, it's, innovation is not new. It's the speed of innovation that's exactly, new. Yeah. It's, it's like lightning sure. now. The, a a the company had a, had a saying, changing at the speed of life. And that is, if you think about that statement, it's changing. Well, wonderful. Well, that concludes uh, our episode of Business Developers Network. Keep on developing your business. Artie Rudiman, thank you. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.